0: Welcome
1: to Your Creativity, the podcast that is something. It's here. Yeah. We're We're still doing it. I believe this is episode 69.
2: That's a lot of episodes.
1: Yeah, it's been three three years. I'm pretty
0: sure my mom's only listened to about like 10. That's okay. We'll we'll take what we can get. She's our one listener, but she's listened (laughs) to 10, 10, 10 episodes. The 10 good ones? Yeah. Well, they're all good. That's true. (laughs) So, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Well, okay, but I'm excited. Today we're here with Angela Brown, who is the lady that runs... No, she is the goddess, the goddess. that runs Slug Magazine. I, I was
1: doing a slow build. But, no, yeah, you goddess. were, like, way selling <laughs> it.
0: Like, she's sometimes over... I mean, she has a staff of people, and she sometimes writes stuff, and she goes out in the community. She is, like, a queen of Salt Lake City, and you don't even realize this.
2: Oh, stop it! Stop it!
0: No, you do. Okay, you Slug Magazine, and then it's Craft Lake City. You do all kinds of stuff. Thank you. And now you're all modest. <laughs> all right, she's just okay. She's not the queen. Am I like? <laughs> should I undersell it now? <laughs> no, Angela. How are you?
2: I'm great. I'm so honored to be here on your podcast. Thank you.
0: It's really Dylan. He does like all the work you bring you bring some power though <laughs> I bring smart ass comments, yeah. and that's my
2: contribution that's important Not that's everybody important. can do that It's a talent uh, well okay
1: it works I, I i like to think I'm a pretty good smart ass, but I think you're the
0: tops yeah, I don't know i well Angela might be like even way better than both of us
2: i occasionally it can be a pretty good smart ass, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, okay, tell us about you. What Slug Magazine. Yes. For those that have never even heard of it.
2: Salt Lake Underground. Yes, started in 1989 by uh, a person named J.R. Rupel, who actually still lives here, Um, and then he sold it to an advertiser uh, a few years after he started it, named Gianni Ellefson, and that's how my journey with Slug starts, because he hired me as a photographer to shoot a cover of Slug, and... So uh, that's how we met each other, and he hired me like a couple couple months later to be his managing editor and help him run the magazine. So, so you've
0: seen a huge difference. Huge difference,
2: huge difference, and you know those days, God, that was twenty years ago.
0: Do you remember what the circulation
2: was then? Oh yeah, I mean it was (laughs) it was your mom. It (laughs) was pretty small. (laughs) It was probably maybe five thousand, probably more like three. Yeah.
0: And okay, and today where are we at? Twenty
2: thousand. Uh, and of course, and that's just in print, because now, of course, with the, with the internet, um, we're far more reaching than just 20,000 issues, so.
1: And you eventually purchased uh, the paper, so it's yes. totally your baby.
2: Yes, yes. So I I worked for Gianni for two years, and then at that time, I was actually going to move out of state. I was going to, I was working three jobs. I was working at Salt City CDs, which is a really fun record store that was on the 9th and 9th corridor, where the coffee garden is now, actually. Um, I was working there and then I was also working for a record company called uh, Universal Music and Video Distribution, which was like a big national corporate corporate company that represented a bunch of different labels based out of San Francisco was the, the branch that I was that I was um, I was a college representative for them. So I would work all the new bands that just got signed and you know, promote them in the marketplace here. And then I also was working for Slug as being a managing editor uh, and I was going to school too, so when, I, so when I graduated from Salt Lake Community College, that's when I became eligible to be promoted f- with Universal, and so I um, was offered a job there as an artist development representative, so I was, I was getting ready to pack my bags, move to San Francisco, and I called a meeting with Gianni to give him a month's notice, and say, hey, I'm gonna accept this position, and get the hell out of Dodge, <laughs> and, uh, um, and this was like, na- this was like 2000, barely 2000, and, um, you know, Napster was kind of around, but hadn't really re- disrupted everything yet. And um, so so Gianni was like, well, are you sh- like, like, don't do this. Why don't you take over the magazine? Because I am really bored with it and uninterested. You've been running it anyway. Like, just take over the magazine. And he's like, don't say no. It was on a Friday. And he's like, don't say no. Just think about it over the weekend. We can talk about it on Monday. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. I kind of want to, like, get out of Salt Lake City and move to San Francisco. But... But I did take his his advice, and I thought about it. And so I talked to the guy I was dating at at the time. He was an entrepreneur, also a slug advertiser, and was like, no, you should do this. Like, you should become your own boss. And then so I went and took a meeting with my father, who was also an entrepreneur. And he's like, okay, I have this opportunity. I don't even know how the hell, like, I would qualify. Like, how you know, what? for funding and he's like well we can help you you know help you with with qualifying what you do you do it this way and da, da, da. so he actually was like no you could i could work you through the process to get a bank loan so so um and, he, and he's like but you know honestly like i think you should do it and it's not because of moving to san francisco it's because of this other reason and he's like well what's going on he's like i have a family secret to tell you and his family secret was that he had terminal cancer and he would known about it for like six months, and just didn't know how to tell anybody. And he and I were super close, and I think the idea of me bailing, he was like, "Well, you need to know this if you're gonna be leaving, you know." And so, so I was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm gonna take over the magazine, stay, um, here, yeah. stay here," and which was the best decision I ever made because I was able to help transition him um, to take a, about another two years for cancer to finally. Um, take him but you know it was great i was able to help transition him and take care of him and you know say goodbye and be able to do all those things that i mean that cancer does give you as a, a blessing in that aspect um and then also um uh, you know with if i had gone to san francisco napster you know really disrupted everything changed the entire industry yeah. and i probably would have been out of a job i would think probably within a year because that's when all the big layoffs and cutbacks yeah know, started it to happen. stuff
1: pretty quick yeah I worked at uh, Media Play around that time. Oh, and cool. It, it was interesting to see it slowly affect everything.
2: Did you work at the uh, which location? The Redwood Road. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would go into that. I would go more to the one at Fort Union um, because of the store manager there would let me put displays up anywhere I wanted. Um, so I'd have to go, like, you know, make big poster displays and stuff. But I'd go to Redwood sometimes and do the counts, find out how many Rammstein records you guys had sold.
0: <laughs> do you remember your first concert?
2: Oh, my very, very first concert? Yeah. Yes, it's really embarrassing. No, let's hear it. Well, no, actually, my first one's not, well, yes, my very, very first one's really embarrassing. My second one's not embarrassing, but my very, very first one, I was in third grade, and um, for someone's birthday party, they took us to Tiffany.
1: You went to <laughs> Tiffany. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of, Thursday, me, my <laughs> wife, and my son are going to New Kids, Tiffany, yeah. Debbie Gibson, and salt oh my gosh! and my wife's meeting Tiffany. <laughs> Dude, she didn't awesome. do the meeting and greet.
0: That's awesome. Wait, are you going to get backstage pass, passes <laughs> no, now? To no go
2: way. S- <laughs> I'm not going to go see her again. <laughs> I no,
1: you an- need to work
2: that angle.
0: <laughs> and you were in third grade.
2: It's in third grade, but you know, being a music stop, it's still embarrassing. <laughs>
0: no, I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> what was your second
2: concert? My second one was Tina Turner, and,
0: and how old that you was then? cool. Wow.
2: I was like. I was probably 10 and that was a fun story. So with Tina Turner, it was um, that happened at the salt palace and simultaneously the same night as the Tina Turner concert, at the salt palace was the Dickens festival. And my parents had dropped myself off and a girlfriend off at the Dickens festival to go hang out for a few hours. And we're like, Oh, what's happening? Oh, Tina Turner's over here. So we walked over and we're just like, you know, loitering in the lobby of the salt palace and the security guy is like, Oh, do you guys have tickets? And we're like, No, like we don't have any tickets and he's like, Well, come here. And he he like snuck us in a Tina Turner concert. And so that was pretty cool. And so we you watched you
0: snuck into a <laughs> Tina Turner concert.
2: <laughs> it was so good. Was Did nice.
0: you make friends with that security <laughs> guard afterwards and continue being nice to him? He was
2: I know, he was so nice. He was just like, Oh, these two young girls, they probably need some Tina Turner in their life. He was right.
0: We did. It was great. Nice. <laughs> what, what's fun. the last
2: concert you went to, Steve? Uh, see, I'm not that <laughs> hip,
0: but but I mean, we have bands that play in our shop, and I kind of feel that I do it for myself. So it's like little private concerts every week at my shop. Yeah. That's probably the last concerts I've been to. But I, I love like Chris Logger Band. I love Andy Frasco. I love I love blues. For some reason yeah that's kind of my go-to at the moment nice. mellow,
1: just chill stuff yeah
0: but i you know to go to a big concert i don't remember the last big concert i ever went to and it, what i'm amazed though is how huge music is in salt lake city mm-hmm. okay. and i'm so oblivious to it and it's just been so incredible meeting like all the musicians we have like some really good talent mm-hmm. how do you think that the talents changed over the years in salt lake
2: uh yeah, oh yeah yeah uh, well i guess when, well it's just changed hands well no it's not changed hands i guess it's it's just well, we cover the type of music that Slug covers, right? I mean, we're constantly, especially now that I've been with the magazine 20 years, like we're all aging, right? So so there's 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 a lot of people that sort of age out of creating music locally, at least at least professionally or in a public forum. I think they're probably still making music at home and things like that. Uh, but with technology, I mean, it's great. You can still keep in touch with people and kind of see if they are, or they'll send us pro- a project like, oh, hey, you know, this. Is, like we have some people that have been sending us stuff like since before I even started working at Slug which is cool, but but I'd say, uh, I mean, the people that are really excited about playing currently are, you know, really the Gen Z, Gen Y uh, right now. Yeah, early 20s, late teens, and that's a lot of, um, and then up through, I guess, like early 30s, and we, we um, promote, that's who we generally promote on, like, our podcast, like Sound Waves.
0: You, I mean, you still travel all over the place, and when people talk about Salt Lake, and there's a stereotype about us as a city, how do you respond?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because, like, over the past five years, Salt Lake is not a little city. We've grown up a lot, right? Um, all this affordable oh, yeah. housing <laughs> its being put up. Um, so so it is interesting, like, I mean, all the, the restaurant scene, the local brewing scene, which we've been covering for over 10 years, uh, the local distillery scene. I mean, all those things are kind of really symptoms of Salt Lake, you know, really getting closer to a Portland vibe, which is kind of cool in my opinion, I think. So I don't think we have to do as much defending about Salt Lake as we have maybe in the past. And, you know, even amongst some of my peers, it's interesting to hear people like kind of that are a little, that you know, maybe maybe locals that have lived here for a long time, right? That are like, I don't want more people to come in or change, which is interesting because, you know, 20 years ago, it was like, oh, come on, can we get people from California to please come here and help change this conservative <laughs> society? Right. I, I don't mind
1: more people being here until I get on the road. <laughs> then I all want them all to go away. But, like sh-
2: well, we need—we really do need yeah. some solid transportation plans, and we need yeah. affordable transportation. I mean, Austin, Texas—it's fifty cents to get on a bus, and—and and that's why I mean people use the public transit system because it's affordable. I mean, here it's—I well, don't know, what two bucks or something. It's like
0: yeah. I can't afford it.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But. UTA really needs to step it up, and they also really need to increase the service, too, in my opinion. Like, have it start later. Um, we live over by the fair parks, my husband and I, and we, when they first put the North Temple track line in, we were super stoked and we got on it, went to go down to dinner at Takashi, and I had an enjoyable dinner at Takashi. Got out about 10 o'clock, went to go back on the tracks train and take it home. Couldn't, it stopped service. And this is like pre Uber, you know? And it was just like, oh, this is annoying.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. And that really. <it> <laughs> And I think it's slowly getting better, but I think they just need to take that leap, and I, and I think it will be embraced.
2: Yes, I think so, too. And it is, it is slowly getting better. It's true.
1: Because if you try to do something on a Sunday night downtown, you, know, you can get trapped.
2: <laughs> you really can. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Would people talk about what you your footprint in Salt Lake City, what do you think your biggest contribution is? Is, is it Slug? Is it like some of the other projects that you've worked with? That's What's a, your
2: footprint? That's an awesome question.
1: Do I have them around?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess if me answering that, in my opinion, I think my biggest footprint is being a connector, like whether it's through Slug or through Craft Lake City, uh, just being able to connect creatives together and have them create life-changing experiences. Uh, for instance. Uh, you know some of the stories that come out of the work that we do whether it's at slug magazine like for instance my my editor met his now wife they're actually on a honeymoon right now in uh, in mexico uh they she worked for me at graphic city and so or as a volunteer before we even had a budget to to pay people and so she would come in and volunteer and you know they met now they're now they've been married for a couple of years and i mean that's really cool um but uh you know or just people that uh, never knew that they were going to be a micro business owner and then came to the DIY festival at Craft Lake City and said, hey, I want to be part of this community. And so they applied to be part of the festival and when they got accepted the next year, they launched their business plan and all of a sudden they were in a business. And then, you know, turning that side hustle into their full-time job and quitting their corporate, their corporate career. I mean, that, that kind of connection is really what excites me. And, you know, also on the music side, um, you know, local bands that, you know, they've never played a Friday night show and we're able to give them a Friday night show at the Urban Lounge and pay them a hundred bucks to play. And they're like, whoa, this is what it's like to have this experience. You know, nobody's ever really valued my music before. Maybe I should keep doing this. Yeah, you should. You know, just, I guess really for me, it's it's about empowering creatives to to really take those risks because, you know, I, I don't know, a lot of times growing up, that's what we heard, I think. And that era, it was not appreciated. And it was, I think, it was, I think it's still hard, but I think it was harder because there just wasn't much support. So I hope that, like, with the work that I have done, with the footprint that I have made, there's more support for people to feel like they can be creative.
0: Did you let people, obviously, I don't, I have my answer, but did you feel that people kind of restricted your creative side, like, growing up? Uh, after the Tina Turner concert at 11, <laughs> so starting junior high, were you just like totally locked up and just made to think in the box?
2: From mainstream society, yes, but actually from my parents, which were actually conservative LDS members, uh, ironically, they were really supportive of it, and for instance, I kind of mentioned my relationship with my father, he and I were super tight, and he always he valued creativity. He was a very creative person himself, an, ar- uh, an artist in his own right, and he uh you know, always encouraged me to kind of be who I want to be and uh, empowered me in ways that I think that I'm hopefully empowering to others today. So
1: what are some uh, creative situations that you've been involved in personally or with the paper or with uh, Craft Lake City? What would have been some of your favorite creative?
2: Sure. I love collaboration. I love working with artists to come up with a campaign for say the new cover or something like that um for slug magazine although now you know i train have our team work on that so i can work on other things but uh or and i love training them or hearing about you know their ways of working to um work with those those artists to get to design the new cover of slug magazine or i love i love like developing new programs for Lake city, like we had, um, we worked on, we've been working on our, our community inclusion program, which is really getting underrepresented members of our population to our festival, uh, either as artisans and you know how can we cover their costs, there those overcome those financial barriers so they can be part that way. Um, to me, I guess those are like really creative ways of trying to, I guess creative problem solving. I love that and collaborating. Um, I also. One big goal well i guess it's not really a big goal because i'm not really doing it but one idea that i'd like to, to make a big goal is to get back to to my roots which would be silver gelatin print photography and that's i mean that's really kind of where my career started was i was a photojournalist and um freelancing for all the local papers here in town at the time and i love that kind of work and i love i love creating in the dark room so i'd like to spend more time doing that
0: do you have a favorite picture that you've ever taken?
2: No. <laughs> that was pretty quick.
1: Yeah, brought the podcast to a screeching. <laughs> well, I guess we're done. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks, Angela.
2: I have a favorite camera though. Well, actually, my ca- right now I have a favorite camera. Uh, it's a 1970s Roloflex twin lens camera, and I love to shoot it. It's so fun.
0: Did you name it?
2: No, I haven't named it. Should I name it? I don't know. What should I name it?
0: Where, I, i got i have nothing
1: i've got nothing there i don't name cars anymore because right after i would i'd wreck them so cars don't get names anymore yeah
2: that's probably a good idea yeah i just never really named any personal items like i don't know material things maybe i should start
0: well only if they're meaningful (laughs) like this camera that sounds like only certain things require names is that, the, is that the rule? Names? Is that the rule? I'm not really sure. I'm just going with it. I mean, it sounds <laughs> seems pretty legit, so you could probably name it. <laughs> I don't know. Do I look like a rules guy? I don't know what the rules yes, are. Yes,
2: you do. <laughs> 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 just yeah, scary.
1: just ask my mom. I'm totally a rules guy. <laughs> oh, my God. So speaking of Craft uh, Lake City, kind of give us a brief history. Yes. Uh, you know, how did it start and...
2: Sure. So it actually started in 2009 as a slug magazine event. Uh, One of the things that when I took over slug, I was really passionate about being someone that grew up here in Utah was creating interesting events for the community. Because a lot of times there just wasn't anything cool to be done. There wasn't anything cool to attend as a youngster. And so uh, I That was something that was important to me was to create cool, fun events for young people to to go to. So the DIY Festival kind of came out of that, and it was a slug event the first year.
0: Yeah, what year was that?
2: 2009. And our very first year was at the Galvin Center. It was free, uh, 72 artisans, six performers, and like four food vendors. So it was pretty small, but still a relatively big event. And then we had uh, about 2,000 people attend. And it was so fun. It was really fun. And one of the reasons why I started that event was at the time, uh, and I'd, I'd participated as a photographer in the Utah Arts Festival. Um, at the time, they were let, they were just letting like some locals in as a scholarship. I was what was called an artist of a day. So I was there for one day and I was had to be like juried in and um, they only had like five slots available per day for for local artists. And and so it was fun to be part of that. And I was like, man, like this really sucks that other locals can't be part of this. And I'd like to be at an arts festival more than just like one day. And so, and that had happened a couple of years earlier. So that was, you know, got me kind of thinking about, could there be an event for locals? for locals only and because uh the arts festival is actually made up of traveling artists which is fun because we get to see you know people from like portland or seattle that come through and do a booth for four days at at the utah arts festival and they move on to the next festival it's like this cool circuit that's like traveling artisans that travel all across the country so so uh so yeah so so i start seeing a lot of my friends that were makers and creators and they i just feel like the gallery format is so outdated uh, I mean don't get me wrong I love gallery stroll I still go to gallery stroll I love local galleries but it's it's hard for a local independent gallery to make money to stay open and it's hard for I, I think and then the ones that do you kind of have to cater towards like certain styles that are sellable and it just it, it makes it difficult for someone who just wants to make cool art and display it there's yeah. not a lot of places to sell it, and so I, I was really kind of like feeling that vibe from friends and, and seeing there wasn't a marketplace for these creatives to do. And then, and it was also impacting me. People were stopping, like they weren't doing it because it's like, well, I'm just spending a lot of time and money, and it's it's just like costing me. Nobody, and I can't find anybody that wants to buy it. So, so then I just, I just decided, you know, there was this national craft movement that was starting to gain gain notoriety, and it was like, oh, well, this is a no brainer. I mean. Mormon handicraft, you know it's part of our DNA here to can and <laughs> and uh, knit and do all these things that were kind of yeah we're like kind of becoming cool again. and so it's was like, well, why don't we really like redefine this term craft that we're all crafters, um, artisans it's just about the tools that you're using. It's just about you know maybe you're using a paintbrush or maybe you're using a computer or um, knitting needles or. Uh, Chocolatier, maybe you're maybe you're making uh, using.
0: I know, maybe maybe <laughs> we'll have to be a part of this,
2: you, right? Because I mean, creating what like the work that you do, Steve, that's so artful. I mean, it's, that's. Uh, but I'm the eater,
0: so the <laughs> the work that our staff does is incredible. But yes. I I just demolish it and all their hard effort. Every lab needs a guinea pig. Yeah, I'm the guinea pig. Eating is an art form. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> But I like how you talked about, you know, supporting the local artist and how it's really hard to stay in business. Is there a local artist that you have like on your spotlight or somebody that you has inspired you or that has somebody to look out for? Who should we be aware of?
2: Oh, uh, well, there's – oh, my goodness. And that's exactly what Craft Lake City And exists. I'm going to go back
0: to Craft Lake City, yeah, too. Yeah. I'll wind it back.
2: Yeah, I mean, Craft Lake City and Slug, I mean, that's what we do is we work with local artists and give them a platform, whether with Slug, like designing our covers, I think I kind of mentioned that, or our localized posters, which is our lo- local monthly local music series at the Urban Lounge, or whether with Craft Lake, yeah, giving them a marketplace where they can meet their customer and, you know, try new products and see if, see if the market – is there see people want to buy um you know a coaster with their artwork on it or whatever it is um but but yes uh, sorry what was your question I'm oh ra- <laughs> angela <laughs> what was i saying you, i don't know you, if, if there's
0: one local artist that has stuck out to you oh, or yes. that you inspires you right yes. now or that we should be aware of
2: well i guess the one that just comes to mind right now is ashley love and it's because I have been a fan of hers forever, and she's been working with us. Well, she's been a participant at the DIY Festival for at least six years, maybe longer. But she is actually doing our August cover for Slug Magazine. We do a DIY Festival issue in August, kind of promoting the festival. And we just were, had a big meeting today. where We are looking at her, um, her comps for it, and it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. There's, there's a couple Ashley Loves out there. It's not the tattoo artist Ashley Love on Instagram. It's the artist Ashley Love. Yeah, check her out. Both she's, may be cool. Both are really cool. But yeah, she they get confused all the time.
0: <laughs> I'd be Stephen Haight. That's what I should change my name to.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm also, I also want to plug uh, Tiny Messy. She's our uh, editorial assistant on the slug side, but she's a creative where she makes jewelry, and she's an illustrator too. You can look her up on Instagram, Tiny Messy. She does really fun stuff and is part of um, a pretty cool network of other young women that... Create really cool stuff,
0: and and you talked about the first craft lake city, or well, the do it yourself yes. was it seventy something vendors. Yes, me too. And it's, it's so you said the new one coming up.
2: Yeah, A- the new one
0: in August.
2: August 9th, tenth, and eleventh.
0: And how many vendors do you? How many oh. vendors did you have last year, or where are you? Yeah, at? so
2: we. Well, last year was our tenth annual, so we celebrated ten years of the festival at the Gallivan Center, which is where we've done every single DIY festival. But now, and we and we, to answer your question, we had around two hundred and like forty artisans, and then we had some DIY engineers, which is our STEM category, and then of course craft food, and then food. Uh, but this year we are moving to the Fair Park, the Utah State Fair Park, which will allow us to move the artisans indoors, which we're really excited about it because in the past it was only stemless indoors. And it's been so hot in August lately. The past couple of years, like 90 and 100 degrees, uh, which it was like in the 80s when we first started. So so we're going to move everybody inside to air-conditioned buildings, but then we're going to have our, um, which, which there's going to be, this year we've accepted over 300. There will be some attrition. Uh, it'll probably go down just, you know, weddings happen, uh, babies happen, people Get married. Well, I think I already said weddings, but people, you know, family vacations. So, so we'll kind of see that number probably go down a little bit. So, I imagine we'll probably end with a count of maybe 260 to 75 artisans, which will be great.
0: And I think it's a perfect location to kind of utilize those buildings and it's easy access.
2: Beautiful buildings, too. I mean, I've, have you guys been to the fair? Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. for some reason when I'm at the fair I never realized how cool these buildings are. I always kind of associated with the barns, but they're not. They've got some beautiful air-conditioned buildings. So it'll be fun to, uh, with like, you know, crystal chandeliers and it'll be fun to have them there. And then and then of course we're still going to do bands outside and like a children's area outside and food trucks outside. And so it'll be indoor outdoor.
1: It being there is there going to be any butter sculptures?
2: <laughs> i hope so in in the future uh, i mean Still this volunteering to do a butter sculpture hey yeah the butter sculpture sure. you know what's funny about the butter sculpture they have this crazy fridge for the butter sculpture that has to stay in one specific building and you can't move it because we're like oh can we move that around they're like no that's for the butter sculpture it stays here um, so we have to work around that yeah we should probably think about putting something in that eventually be fun Ice, uh, cr- much, ice cream sculpture.
1: How much do tickets run for it?
2: Yeah, so tickets are $5 in advance and $7 at the door.
0: Oh, and drop where how can people find it? Slug Magazine, but also um, the so- Craft Lake City.
2: Yes, so slugmag.com and com, And also Kids 12 and Under are free for the festival, too. The
1: kids still 12.
2: Yes, one more year for free.
1: I this look like I'm under 12. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on the day. I act like I'm under 12.
2: I act like I'm under 12.
1: So, the, well, We know you're tight on time, so we'll just uh, crank our our bonus questions, and then we'll leave you to your day. Um, I added this one because it's one I've kind of been running on the side, kind of a video project, but I'm bringing it into the podcast, Ooh. too. What does creativity mean to you?
2: What does creativity mean to me? To me personally, so creativity to me is really that sweet spot mentally where I can go and feel inspired, but meditative and relaxed and just so consumed that time doesn't exist. It's like this, this, and you can't just get there. It's not like, you know, you can't just get there right away and you can't get there with like a device or you can't get there with a substance or you have to just get there um, almost kind of by accident, <laughs> and I think that's the frustrating thing about creativity. It's kind of elusive. Like sometimes when you really need oh, yeah. it, it's just <laughs> not there. And then you try, you're like, "Come on, come on!" And it, it just it, you have to wait for like all these things to align. And that's my experience.
1: Next is who is your favorite Muppet and why?
2: Animal, the drummer man. Animal's just a machine. <laughs> Animal's great.
1: That's that's a very common answer. Is it? Yeah.
2: It's probably one of the only Muppets I can remember other than the two guys at the, in the box that would like do the commentary.
1: Uh, Statler and Waldorf?
2: Yeah, Statler I don't
1: know, but I think
0: I'm those guys.
2: Which one would you be? Statler or Waldorf? Uh,
0: I'm probably the fatter one. But I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just
1: <laughs> and they're both actually hilarious. Like I just like the sarcasm. So I mean either. Well they're kinda like the Sklar brothers. They kind of just they finish each other sentences and thoughts sometimes. So. Yes.
2: Where can you watch the Muppets these days? What platform is it on? Netflix or who? Um, it'll
1: probably be on Disney Plus when that oh, Disney Plus launches because Disney owns them.
2: Right. Yeah. What do you think about that Disney Plus?
1: It sounds pretty cool, but especially with the the series that they've announced. You know, there's a bunch of Marvel series, but there's also a Star Trek series. Not Star Trek. Star Wars. And lots of original content. So it's and it's only gonna be six ninety nine a month, so it it sounds it. like cha ching.
2: That's pretty competitive, yeah. Huh. I may have to look at that. And
1: like all the Marvel movies, all the Pixar movies, and eventually all the Disney movies will be on there. Wow, that was so. smarter
2: of them to do that.
1: So cha Ching. They'll be <laughs> disappearing from cha-ching. Netflix soon. So just watch the Disney stuff, we'll just start. Disney will own all all of us one day that's my th- that's my theory
2: yeah you know there was a really interesting article have you guys heard about meow wolf yeah yeah um santa fe did you see the article was it new york times that wrote it, it was comparing it was saying basically like is meow wolf going to be the next disney because meow-, meow wolf is opening other locations there's they're doing one in vegas and i think there's one in denver planned
1: in yeah i think that's the one they're really developing right now i um about a month or so ago, they showed their documentary over at the library, and they went to that, and it was, it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. And I, I
1: think that inspired Dreamscapes, that's over at yes. the Gateway. Yes. And Dreamscapes was pretty cool. Um, and the last one, in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you?
2: Oh, I'm the worst with actors. I'm so bad at remembering actors' names. Uh, who would you guys suggest?
0: nobody can play you you're like, like seriously you're too damn amazing so like i don't think anybody could pull that off wonder woman no, no she's not that cool wonder woman's not like that amazing i'm just saying like yeah she has nothing on angela
2: thank you that's really nice of you I'll, i would totally take the wonder woman actress she was pretty cool
0: gal kabat <laughs> she's all right but i'm just saying
2: <laughs> just saying
0: no angela thank you yeah, thank, thank you.
2: you thank you so much it was really fun to to sit down and chat with you all
0: bye everybody what what, what? the podcast is done man